This is Sound and Vision on KEXP. I'm Emily Fox. Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down have just released their fifth full-length album, and it's the first one they've self-produced. It's called Temple. Tao Wynn joins me now to talk about this record. Hello. Hi, Emily. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing well, thank you. Good. So after 15 years of recording and performing, um, I understand you got to the point where you actually didn't want to record another album again, but here you are, you out with another record. What inspired you to keep going? <laughs> um, <laughs> it. Uh, you know, I think I knew that I had a, a record I had it in me that I I needed to make it. And I think the resistance to it was so great, knowing the kind of um, the depths I've, I would have to delve uh, to and kind of the truths that I would have to reckon with. And um, it just took a long time to be mentally and emotionally prepared to do so. Yeah, you know, I've heard you say, you know, it turns out I didn't want to make another record because I was afraid of what I knew I had to say. So what did you feel like you finally said in this record? In a succinct way, I think I had to say this is who I am. And um, I had to be publicly out. I'd been out in my personal life for a very long time. But Culturally, there's a lot of resistance. My family, there are a lot of, you know, a lot of family stuff at play. And from the outside, of course, an indie rock musician being queer is not that exciting, or in, nor, it should, nor should it be. Uh, but I think um, I had built a career around sort of um, protecting privacy, but at the same time, it was accommodating and acquiescing to a lot of reservations that exist existed within my family about me being publicly out. And I I had to get to a place where, you know, it was untenable. It was, it was, um, it, it had to be this way. You know, I had kind of stunted and stalled my life in a lot of ways. Um, and I was getting married. I was, um, doing, I was living my life (laughs) And I had to do so in my music as well. Yeah, because you've said before, you know, you, you're you from, you know, a Vietnamese family. And you've said that growing up, you feel like things were kind of in the background. Like you feel like you couldn't come out and say things like, you know, ask your mother about, you know, what was Vietnam like for you growing up or, or you know, being around family like at a dinner or something and feeling like you couldn't be open about your personal life or your activities like you had to you had to compartmentalize basically. And so I'm wondering, like, through the process of, you know, writing this record and and being open about who you are through your music, has that allowed you to be more open with your family? It has, you know, and I wasn't, I definitely wasn't expecting this, but that's what happens when you get kind of buried by shame and fear. You, you kind of, anything you expect is, um, is a, centered more around shutting down or distance or that's just, or disconnect that, that, that just becomes kind of the medium within which you operate. And yeah, you know, part of the record, it's, it's about, 
you know, the idea of existing as my full self and that full self is also acknowledging my heritage and who I come from and my culture and, and how deeply proud I am to come from these people. And that's something that I also have never really discussed or discussed in the press or talked about in my music. And so it was just this, um, it was a celebration of trying to belong to my family and as well as belong to myself. And I did find that, yeah, I mean, you can be so scared for, God, decades and and not um, extend yourself or just be fearful of how it will be received or dismissed. You know, I think when I started to try to open myself up and offer parts of my life, then people started to respond in kind. And you know, no one, there's not a lot of language for it. No one is saying, oh, now we are closer or whatever. It's just like now I text more with them or we we, we exchange like pictures of flowers in the backyard or whatever. <laughs> That's funny. So, um, you know, your first track on this record really stands out to me. And it's going back to this idea that you're, you know, connecting with your heritage, with your culture. Um, tell me more about the song Temple and, and what that is about. Temple is in very in so many ways, um, the heart of the record. And it is both that nod, it's a nod to my mom and her history. And it's also her blessing my own life in her own voice. And I wanted to create this portrait to convey in images, her, her life before the war and her life during it and her life after it. And and afforded that's kind this kind of nuance and complexity that I I hadn't I haven't seen um, available for refugees of war and for Asian American people in this country for Vietnamese Americans for Vietnamese people uh, and I I grew up just really wanting to protect her and also celebrate her um, so that's what Temple is. There's a line that really stuck out to me in this song. I mean, first off, it you know it starts with just these images of helicopters, and you know can really take you back to Vietnam specifically when you think about the war. And and then you have this line saying, "You'll never know the fear your mama has. I know your father can't call anymore. He never meant to be a man of war. Bury the burden, baby. Make us proud." Tell me more about what that line is about. She's encouraging me to let go. And I, I think that she moves with this light and joy that I, <laughs> I it maybe it skipped a generation, it skipped me. Um, but I've always been so in awe of, and this is, uh, this goes for a lot of my relatives as well. They, the those who have lived through war, they just have this kind of presence, and they have this kind of lightness and just a, an ability to enjoy the moment. Um, you know, I've witnessed so many sort of indignities and injustices that she's experienced, um, and she just is. She just lets it all go, and it's so remarkable. And and that's part of her blessing to me is you know 
you have to let go of what our family has endured and the trauma and you just gotta you you know this life is a gift still and and she never says all these things in in so many words these are (laughs) this is a like i said we the conversations that we have within the family are not to this degree but i know that it's there and i just wanted to put words to it to this sentiment and you know the lines uh, about my dad, and you know he he uh, was a helicopter pilot for the South Vietnamese Army. My and my mom worked for the South Vietnamese Embassy, which is why they really truly fled for their lives. And they they would have been at the very least forced into re-education camps. I don't have a relationship with him, and our the last record, A Man Alive, is about my. <laughs> it's about that that dearth uh, in my life, um, but. Uh, I don't know how much of it was was what happened to him in the war and the trauma, and, yeah, right, and the effects of such. So it's it's all just her saying you gotta. This is you just gotta keep moving forward. A few years ago, you released a documentary called Nobody Dies, um, and I actually just watched it, and it's a really, really lovely documentary. Um, and you, in the documentary, you go to Vietnam for the first time yourself, and you brought your mother along with you, and it was your mother's first time being back, you know, since the war. What was that experience like for you going there for the first time and being able to share that experience with your mother? You know, it was <laughs> it was so intense that it probably took me six to eight months after we got back to even try to begin to process what had happened. Um, And it was so beautiful and it was so emotional. And I met family I never knew I had, but they, just the way they, they welcomed me. It was like a homecoming. Um, My mom saw family. She, you know, I, I witnessed her reunion with a very close cousin of hers. They'd grown up together. We just showed up. (laughs) <laughs> because this is how my mom rolls. We just, she didn't tell her we were coming and she hadn't <laughs> been back in 43 years, this cousin that they were best friends growing up and they'd lost touch. And she, we just showed up at her house <laughs> and she walks out and she just, it took her a minute to recognize my mom. And then she said, I didn't, I didn't think I would see you again in this life. Mm things like that were happening and uh and and it was also so beautiful to see my mom move with this agility and this fluidity that she's in you know she's in the country where she was born where she's from and and she's in her native language and and it was just so sweet to see because i i grew up you know i grew up in virginia with with my mom and i you know, my brother and I had to translate for her a lot, and we just witnessed this really outsized struggle. Um, and so to see her move so easily and freely, and she was the one navigating, she's the one ordering at restaurants, it just was, she's haggling. <laughs> <laughs> um, it uh, it was, that was remarkable, and I, I'm so grateful we had that chance. 
Yeah, there was a there's a cute little moment in the documentary where she's haggling and and she can haggle well, I understand. <laughs> oh, she's uh terrifying. And then I I was just, you know, as you see in the film, I was just willing to pay whatever the vendor wanted and she was like, "Do not." No. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm speaking with Talwin of Tao in the Get Down Stay Down on KEXP Sound and Vision. So, you know, you've said many of these songs in this album address how you've stopped or thwarted your life for your family's sake and how you can't do that anymore. Um, and you you said that, you know, you would give up some of your family in order to have your own. And I feel like you can hear some of this in your song, Pure Cinema, especially in the line, find your family, let them anchor you in the open sea. more about the song pure cinema it is uh in a lot of ways referencing my touring life and the years and years i've spent out on the road and and how adrift i've been in probably every sense of the word and and that's not tour's fault that's just if you're if you're not okay tour will show you how (laughs) you are not and uh you know the light I say I was a fraction out there and it's it's um it's a lot about having floated above my life for a long time and living these bifurcated lives where I just never felt like I was my whole self anywhere I'd be on the road and it that you kind of like play up a caricature of what a musician is or what you think one should be you do that you have this bravado on stage there's all this stuff it's potentially the loneliest you'll ever feel when you walk off stage you know then I go see my family they don't ask me anything I can't talk about anything happening in my personal life you see an uncle he's like when are you gonna get married you're like why don't you just get married so your mom's happy and uh and then it's it's about having watched me live my life and having been such a spectator and then now having landed in my life and to me I think of it as sort of my most self-help esque song and it's like this Greek chorus just telling me to you know it's like a cautionary tale and it's also this encouraging um, this encouragement to be in your life and to extend yourself and to um, open yourself up that stems from you know this idea within your family that you feel like you can't talk about your personal life you can't ask certain things do you think that that stems from trauma or is it a cultural thing or is it something entirely different you know I think it's um I think it's a culmination of a lot of different factors I think the personalities that are in my family I think culturally it um if you're a kid of the family, you're always a kid of the family. I'm uh, you're to me, my role is always the good daughter, the good niece, the good granddaughter and and it's not it's neither good nor bad. You know, I I the so much of what I love 
is how everybody is in service of the group and of the clan. And that there's like a very sweet allegiance that everyone has, but to be, to, to serve the group, no one is necessarily, no one knows about anyone's life actually. Hmm. And it's about how do you honor the elders? How do you honor your ancestors? How do you celebrate and participate in ritual and ceremony? So that's, yeah, th- those are some of the reasons why it wouldn't necessarily come up. <laughs> so it's about, it's about the collective rather than the individual. Yeah, definitely. And yeah. if you have a, you know, if there's an accomplishment, you'll be celebrated. But the the definition of accomplishment is more <laughs> narrow. <laughs> a little bit more about weddings rather than uh, tours, perhaps. <laughs> yeah, like if you have a, if you're pregnant and it's going to be a boy, that is huge. <laughs> Yeah, interesting. Um, again, I'm speaking with Tao Win of Tao and the Get Down, Stay Down. So there's another great track on this record, and it's called Phenom. And the the lines, I've been so politely at the bottom, and then the lines first of the secondary class stuck out to me. Tell me more about this song and as well as what those lyrics mean to you. This song is by far my most uh, strident step into like into science fiction. <laughs> and it's uh, it's an imagining of um, a near future dystopic, but also utopic world wherein it's sort of like this where time has collapsed and as I say, the in the in the lyrics, the scorched of the earth come back, and they bring to bear, and it's sort of this uh, revenge fantasy <laughs> against uh, all those who have, all those in power who have corrupted and who have partaken of such miscarriage of justice and truth. And I was reading a lot of Octavia Butler and Ursula K. Le Guin, and it was. I really love the moral backbone that they bring to science fiction. Yeah, it's a powerful song. But again, these lines like saying, I've been so politely at the bottom, you know, that can be so many things or this or, or saying first of the secondary class. Like, what do you mean when you say those lines? The, yeah, I mean a few different things. With first, uh, I've been so politely at the bottom. That is a nod actually to um, Asian American stereotypes and the idea and also the <laughs> ideas of um, and expectations of being more of a submissive woman. Mm-hmm. But then it also is that the um, disenfranchised and marginalized people who have just had to take it and you take the whatever it is it's I, I mean it's the way resources are divvied up or the way they're dispensed the fact that those who are not in power have to scramble and scrap for such a small fraction of the goods and then be grateful for it that that's what I'm talking about first of the secondary class that could be that's as a woman that's as a person of color. Careful, I'm a 
first in the secondary class, class, class. You know I don't trust you, that's the catch, catch, catch. Don't you think I've touched me? I will gnash, gnash, gnash. Cause I am an old phenomenon, and I am an old phenomenon. <laughs> well, they're powerful, powerful words. And also, the music video for this is amazing. So you did this music video um, for Phenom, like entirely on zoom meeting um which is just perfect during you know social isolation right now i mean so in this video you have choreography you have multiple people on their different little boxes on the screen and then you're able to like play around with the different screen settings where you're kind of all brady bunch style on the same screen or like one person is like the main screen and then the smaller face is up top or you know you're doing choreography and then also you're doing kind of like you know these like optical illusions where like a person on like one of the top box rows like starts to pour water and then the person in the box below them looks like they're drinking from that water you know just such like fun fun things that happen um in this music video that you recorded entirely on zoom which is amazing so how were you able to put this all together how long did this take so the original video for phenom was scheduled to be shot in la at the end of march but as soon as South by was canceled, we had a feeling that everything else would follow suit. And then not a, you know, a few days after South by was canceled, there, um, California was put uh, under shelter in place orders. So then we knew that the original treatment was going to be, um, was not going to happen. At that point, we didn't know if we w- would be able to release this song. Like, and how was it going? Was was I going to make a weird lyric video in my closet or what? You know, and, and I, I didn't know the fate of the actual release of the song. So we wanted anything we could do to have it out in the world. We wanted to do that. Um, so basically from the inception, it was from inception to delivery of the video is one week. Because we had this other urgency around doing something on zoom it's so novel it is so of the moment if you don't do it well and if you don't do it soon enough people are going to be tired of zoom well it is an amazing music video and the record is wonderful as well i've been speaking with tao win of tao and the get down stay down their latest record is called temple tao thanks so much for sharing your story with us today thank you so much emily it was a pleasure to talk to you Sip on joy, the purest drink, move to make, thought to think, they can feel us from afar, avenues and boulevard. White collar cannibal, what you gonna do? Everyone's attending, so you gonna chew? I will not equivocate, if that's all I celebrate. Shamefully, shame's claim on me. Catch, catch.
change cash Don't you think I'm happy I will not smash Vision. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. And if you have a means, please consider giving a one-time $20 donation at kexp.org slash sound. Thanks so much for listening.